This podcast episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel that generates leads from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any tech skills or without downloading an app. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Nate. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. And marriage has never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm called to be a leader. I'm a leader, wait, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it. I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this. Championship Leadership Podcast. Hey, Bailey. Hey, what's up, everybody? Championship Leadership Podcast, and uh, I'm excited. We got Ravi Abu Abuvala. He is in uh, San Diego, currently just got back from Cabo on a well-deserved vacation, a little uh, New Year's Eve trip. Um, he's founded multiple seven-figure businesses, been featured on Fox News, Forbes, Entrepreneur, and uh, I'm just excited to have you, man. So thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me and everyone that's tuning into this. I appreciate you guys uh, listening. I hope, uh, I always say this at the beginning of the podcast, I will bet this will probably be, depending on how this gentleman guys the questions, one of the most valuable podcasts you guys have ever been on because I don't I don't hold anything back. I'll give you guys whatever you guys want. So I'm going to leave it on your fearless leader here to guide it, but I'll give you guys anything he asks me. I absolutely love that. So let's go. Let's, uh, let's get started with that. So Championship Leadership is the name of the podcast. What comes to mind for you? What does that mean to you when you hear championship leadership? Well, so I was in sports when I was in, you know, middle high school, uh, dabbled a little bit in college as well. Uh, so championship makes me think. Also, I went to, ironically, my first taste of California was when I went to Florida State and we went to the Natty Champ over here. In, uh, oh, nice. Yeah, which is like my, that was my first year at Florida State. And I'm like, I love college. Oh, dude, yeah. Uh, now we're not that great anymore. But uh, so for championship leadership to me, it's actually really ironic. I'm reading a great book right now uh, called From Good to Great. Um, and he talks about like, so what championship meant to me two weeks ago is actually different to me now, right? So like championship two weeks ago, I would have said like, is myself in 18 months creating multiple seven figure businesses, moving to San Diego, taking care of my family, whatever it is. But I've learned that like true leaders, what he calls like a level five leader, they're not only humble, but like they place the wins and this it's when i say it everyone's like yeah obviously but people don't actually realize until you're running a company with multiple employees like you take zero credit for the wins 100 percent responsibility for the losses and you put everything on either your team or on luck you give it on luck so for me championship for me is like the team members that i have right now in my companies i mean absolutely incredible i could not be 
luckier or more blessed. And that's not just because of reading this book. But so championship for me is like having a solid team with you. I don't think there's an end goal for championship, but like a solid team with you, building up your business to seven, eight, and potentially we're going to get to nine figures as well. Uh, and then leadership, I just said, is going to go kind of ties in that as well. I don't think you can get to a championship without super strong leadership, but it's not even my leadership. It's literally like the people that are working with me on this. I call them my partners in my companies because I got it. If, if you're a solopreneur, that's one thing and you can get so far, but if you have a yeah. solid team behind you, it's like, you know, you're so much bigger than anything you could ever do. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and I love that great book, but you know, when you talk about hundred um, percent responsibility, like when things don't go right, whether it is yours or not, right? Jocko Willinks talks about extreme ownership, kind of that ownership. Same deal, right? Great book. Um, and then, you know, and then when you win, like it's, it's all about the team and it's hard, you know, that is rare in leaders to exhibit those. So I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm not perfect at it. I mean, I'm, I like, I, yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah. Right. And like, right. if you're in today's day and age, you have a personal brand, you have social media, like, you know, it's that balance yeah. and like give me your team and also like, you know, having it for yourself. So I'm not perfect at it by any means. Uh, but it's like something I am striving towards right now. Yeah, absolutely. What, uh, well, tell us a little bit about you and your story and like how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so I'll give you just the Cliff Notes version because it's a little bit longer. But um, like, grew up always wanted to be a lawyer. So born raised in, I was born in Atlanta, moved to Florida. Always wanted to be a lawyer. That was like the dream, the end goal. Um, people ask me why I wanted to be a lawyer. You know, really, it's because of two things. Number one, my family. Nobody is a lawyer, but everyone knows lawyers were you know successful. They're stable jobs and they make money. Yeah. And my dad's from India and like, I, I just came actually back. I spent about 15 days in India. I just literally came back right before Cabo. Um, and the Indian culture is like doctor, lawyer, whatever it is. I'm not generalizing just based on my experience. Totally. Uh, and then the second side of it is like mass media and mass, like culture, right? Like the society's culture, right? You go to school, then you go to law school, then you get a good job and you stay there for 40 years. And that's what it's been in the past. So I watched every episode of law and order. And I thought like, you know, I knew what a lawyer was about. So, Whole life wanted to do it. Graduated from high school, got into honors uh, program at Florida State. Worked for the governor of Florida, Rick Scott, for a little bit as well. Realized I didn't want public life. I didn't want to be a, like because I thought I wanted to be a senator. And I was like, all right, I'll do private law. Graduated from college, and I was going to spend the next year studying for uh, law school because you know I I really really try to be the best at everything I do, and I wouldn't settle for less than the top five law schools in the country. And so in order to do that, you have to get a really good score on what's called the LSAT, Law School Admission Test, which yeah. is the number the hardest standardized test in the United States. And um, so I, I, I planned a whole year to take off for that. Three days after I graduate from college, my dad lives in Atlanta, Georgia by himself. Uh, I get a call from him and he was just diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And he had no one to take care of him. And I, a lot of people have experienced cancer in one way or the other. And so I you have to, he has to go to chemo and radiation five days a week from 8 a.m. until 6 p.m. five days a week and he had nobody to take care of him. he couldn't drive back and forth so what was going to be a year of me like working on the beach in florida and then studying and like kind of like that ended up being me moving to atlanta georgia um and living with my dad for a year and literally doing chemo and radiation with him i was like studying for law school at uh the hospital and then when i came home from the hospital i was studying for law school like i was in a basement i mean it was it's a pretty sad time in my life, honestly, for multiple reasons. But near the end of it, I read a really, really, I started doubting it, right? I started meeting a bunch of lawyers, like actual lawyers, right? Everyone who wanted to be a lawyer, my, my family, my aunt, everybody. 
none of them were actual lawyers. And one of the biggest pieces of advice I gave a lot of my clients is like, you know, the person you follow after and listen to should be somebody you is exactly where you want to be or has been where you want to be. And so I started speaking to lawyers and my, my dad could tell that I was wavering a little bit on the law school thing. And so he was introducing me to all his lawyer friends and all of his lawyer friends were going out to dinner and 10 out of 10 lawyer friends all told me not to go to law school. Right. They said I was going for the wrong reasons. It's a different time, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so I, I finally, the tipping point for me, the catalyst was a really great book called uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, which I'm sure you've read as well, or at least heard of it. And yeah. uh, it literally changed my life. I, I realized at that point I was doing all of this stuff to please other people and not even because I wanted to do it. And so I already spent a year studying for law school. So I just decided right there, I said, you know, what, I'm going to take the test because I'd already spent a year studying for it. I took the test. I scored in the top 10% of test takers in the United States. So I, everything went according to plan. And like my whole family's thinking I'm going to, you know, become, do fulfill this prophecy. And I sort of remember this day after I finished the book, I just walked downstairs, told my dad, I was like, I'm not going to law school. And he's like, what are you going to do? I was like, I honestly don't know yet. And he's like, you're literally throwing away everything you've worked for. And I didn't know if I was or I wasn't. I ended up moving back down to Florida, lived on my brother's couch. I Googled how to make money online. I found Ty Lopez. I saw some of his testimonials. I was like, all right, if these, you know, jackasses can make money, right? Some of the testimonials, I'm like, if these guys can make money, I sure as hell can online. And then it just started the journey, man. That was uh, 2018, uh, beginning of 2018. I guess actually 2017. Yeah, I actually get the years mixed up. But end of 2017, beginning of 2018, where I finally like pulled the trigger and worked at a restaurant for the first six months of it while I made enough money to eventually replace that restaurant income. And you have to keep in mind, right? It's like, I was about to go to one of the top law schools in the nation, and then I'm working at an Italian restaurant, you know, serving yeah. the tables. And like, my family was like embarrassed, right? My mom and dad, when people asked what I was doing, they just were like, oh, like he's going to law school. They still told him I was going to law school. <laughs> yeah, right. Even I was on the story, even so I was on Fox News uh, last March. And uh, even after I got off Fox News, you know, it was a pretty big deal to me. I was pretty happy about it. It was, our, it was my advertising agency. And I had a bunch of calls the next day. Everyone's messaging me. And I get a call from my aunt, who's uh, Indian, from India. And she's, uh, she's like, hey, congratulations on the Fox News. I'm like, thank you. Thank you so much. She's like, so when are you going back to law school? And I was like, oh, man. There's no change in their mind ever. <laughs> yeah. you know, they don't understand what I do. And they love me. They did it because they obviously want the best for me, right? I know. They, they were incredible people. And uh, so, yeah. So finally dropped out of that. Started my company hard for six months, kind of started cracking the code a little bit on systems, processes, automation, delegation, stuff that I teach other people now. And then we've had an, an incredible past 18 months. I mean, I'm truly, truly blessed. The past 18 months have been really, really nice for us. Yeah, we'll talk like, you know, multiple businesses, real estate, marketing, um, would you say acceleration? Yeah, business accelerator, yeah. Accelerator, uh, accelerator. like that's, that's all within kind of a short, time frame if you really think about it like yeah talk a little bit about that like how did that all come together so just really quickly essentially like the advertising agency was my first thing um and that was like you know i've been reading personal development books since it was you know back before it was cool to read personal development books right yeah. so it was my junior year of high school and um you know i learned about focus and all that kind of stuff so decided on the advertising agency went full throttle into that you know, there's a really great book by Jeff Olson called The Slide Edge. I actually gave it to every single one of my clients. It's the, it's the mentor to the gentleman that wrote The Compound Effect, right? So really, really great yeah. book. Yep. F fantastic book. Both of them. What is it called? Slide Edge? The Slide Edge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, if you send me your, uh, I think we're an email. If you send me your address, I'll send it to you as a gift for having me on totally your podcast. Nice. Yeah, so absolutely. Awesome book. 
But um, so the idea behind it is like every day you have small daily disciplines, decisions, and you can, it's just things that are easy to do, easy not to do, right? And so for the first six months of my business, it was just like flat line, no money. I was losing money, refunds, chargebacks, it was awful. But then all of a sudden, after uh, over time, that started hitting and hitting and hitting an exponential effect. And I went from like $1,000 a month to essentially uh, what became, you know, multi six figure a month business really, really quickly. And uh, once that happened, I didn't think it was a big deal. Like for me, I was like, I knew it was coming and I knew like, but I guess I don't know what it is, luck or like just something. I do have a good knack for like reading businesses, understanding them and figuring out where their inefficiencies are and helping them scale up. And so I just had, I started traveling the world and I had some of my closest friends, actually some of the guys I live with right now in San Diego, we live in the house all together, reach out to me. I was like, yo, how did you do this in this amount of time? And now you're traveling. And I was like, oh, it's just this thing. And so, it, you know, it worked for them and then they told some people to work for them. And then just like from it just spawned a whole other business, which is this business accelerator called Scaling with Systems. Um, and it's been a wild roller coaster ride with that as well. So they all kind of blend in together. It's not like I'm doing one thing, you know, that's totally different from another. They all kind of blend in together and each one as it increases, as like good to great, they talk about the flywheel. As one of them goes up, the other one goes up as well, which is why yeah. also I'm super lucky in my businesses. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. So um, talk to me maybe a little bit about some, you know, when we talk about championship leadership, who are some of the high level championship leaders, coaches, mentors, you know, you've, you've named some authors, some books that have impacted you significantly. Um, but maybe you could talk to us about who these people were and, and a little, little bit more about what was it? What are the characteristics, the traits that they had that maybe you've taken and helped to mold you into who you are, the leader you are, the entrepreneur you are? Yeah, that's a that's an awesome question. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. Uh, probably the, the guy that's probably changed my life the most, a gentleman by the name of Les Brown. Um, he's an incredible, yeah, he's the man. Uh, when I was like with my dad, you know, like questioning my identity, if I even wanted to be a lawyer, and then also my dad going through stage four lung cancer, like chemo radiation, like you know, questioning life in general and fairness, unfairness, whatever it is. Like, he really got me through a lot of dark times. Um, I, I would just listen to him on repeat. And I, I mean, I could probably recite a whole speech to you. Yeah. Um, and hungry, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. The Chinese beverage. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it gives me chills, man. I think about where I was and yeah. And I still, this, to this day, you know, he's on my dream 100, but, uh, so if you're listening to this last round, hit me up. Um, so, but pretty much Might be like, able to connect you. It'd be a good connection. Oh, would love it, man. What, yeah. That would mean everything for me. But, um, and I, I credit him a lot in a lot of the stuff I do, but yeah, for me, like the qualities that they have, uh, the biggest thing for me is resilience, like just true resilience. Right. And, and Les Brown, Tony Robbins, like you, you listen to people like I had, like my resilience is nothing compared to them. Right. Like, you know, you know, Tony Robbins, his mom was like putting cigarettes out on him and, and Les Brown literally was late, labeled, you know, mentally retarded as a abandoned right um and yeah. he was adopted as well so it's like there's there's definitely trouble my story but essentially like what i've learned it comes back to that compound effect slide edge like the number one characteristic of someone that's a champion or a leader to me is just and i say it i was just speaking at an event in la and i literally shocked the whole crowd because i was like you know i was doing a q a and one guy raised his hand and he said what's the number one piece of advice you can recommend to someone that's entrepreneur the budding entrepreneur and i said on resilience but instead of resilience i framed it a little bit differently because i like to make it a splash i pretty much said just enjoy eating shit that's literally what i said, I said just enjoy and I, yeah, the whole crowd like, <gasps> like you hear everybody you know what i mean and all age groups it was hilarious um and but for me it's literally just like if you can 
in business and even in personal life, but people that I admire, people that I respect have just eaten shit for so long. Like it, like the darkest of the darkest days when nobody thought it would be good. Like nobody thought it would work out. You know, everyone was telling them they were wrong. Society, family, friends, whatever it is, lovers, um, even doubting in their head as well, but still pushing forward through all of that. Um, and then actually kind of enjoying a little bit, enjoying the process, enjoying how it works, even then to get to the other side, uh, to the point where you're actually able to look back and be like, wow, I ate a lot of shit to get to this point right now. Because at some point you have an option, right? You either quit and then you just, you're a shit eater. Like that's all you did. You just ate shit and you're done. Or you just push through it. And then at some point you can look back and be like, man, I remember like for me, I'd be like, man, I remember when I studied law school, I lived on my brother's couch, I worked at a restaurant. It's cool to say that now because like now I'm on, I'm not, I haven't made it by any means, but I'm on the other side of where I was before um, where like, you know, if I had stopped right there and then just gave up and gone to law school, whatever it is, it would just been like a dark time in my life. So for me, something that we preach a lot is just like resilience, just like the people that I really admire and respect. And it doesn't have to be someone super famous either. Like, like yeah, it's right. just like, if it's somebody that I meet and they just tell me an awesome story about where they are, where they came from to where they are now, it's just like, for me, instant respect, like instant admiration for that person. It doesn't matter what kind of financial or success they have, doesn't, that doesn't matter. But if you can go through that kind of stuff, get on the other side, have a positive attitude about it and pull lessons from it, that's the kind of person I want to be around or look up to. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, I mean, you name any of the, the big personal development guys for sure, but like, not just that, uh, successful entrepreneurs and business owners, like they all ate shit at some time. Like they all have some kind of story. Some are a little bit more than others, but uh, like you said, the, the big thing, the, the key de- uh, common den- denominator is definitely the resiliency of like not quitting, just continuing to show up and do what they know is required to, to get what they want. So yeah, beautiful. What's uh what's the vision for you? Like, uh, you know, you're still a young guy for sure. And but so you got a bright, bright future ahead of you for, for all the success that you've already had. What, uh, you know, let's just say, you know, five years out, where do you want to be five years from today? Yeah, so it's really funny. So we just hosted my first event in San Diego, California, my first own mastermind. Um, and we just opened it up to people that are in my business accelerator program. Literally sold out on like, I think it was less than 24 hours. That's awesome, months. man. That's a good yeah, it was awesome. Super, like, blessed. I was like, wow, I did not yeah. even know. Uh, and also in San Diego. I think it was in San Diego. Everyone's like, let's go out to San Diego. Right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, December in San Diego. Everyone's like, where you are, right? Everyone's like, yeah, right? I don't even think it was me. I think it was San Diego. But um, <laughs> so, like, we sold out really quickly, and, and someone asked about goal setting and visions. And, and, and uh, my roommate, uh, Jeff Seconder, him and I do a lot of work together. He has a, a financial accelerator program. And so he was up there speaking and we were talking about goal setting, right? Like visions, goal setting, five, 10, 15, 20 years. And he, like, he knows everything he wants to do. He has it written down, does it every single day, whatever it is. And like that relates to a lot of people, but I'm on the other side of it. And I think I relate, I would argue to even more people. And it kind of shocks people when I say this, but it's like, I don't really know where I want to be in five. Man, I don't know where I'm going to be a year. Like, I really just honestly don't know. I don't know what I want to do in five years. I don't know what I, I know I want to have a real estate portfolio. I know I want to be affecting this many people. You know, I know what I want to have this much money in my bank account. I know I want to be like this well known around the world, whatever it is, like just general things like that. But if I tell you a specific thing, which is what a goal is, I really don't know. And so what I said at the national, I was saying here, it's like, you know, I think people, and I'm like so against what everybody else says. Like people talk about goals and writing them down and following them or whatever it is. Like 
two of the biggest things that I learned in my life was number one, don't limit your point of entry. So like my goal for 22 years of my life was like, I wanted to be financially stable and uh, successful. And for me, that was being a lawyer. And if I had like just stayed like my goggles on and only wanted to be a lawyer, I would still be in law school right now. I wouldn't even be doing what I'm doing. I wouldn't make any money. I'd be 200 grand in debt, still in law school. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, I don't limit your point of entry. So that's why I'm a little afraid of goals. Number one. And number two, for me, things change so much, especially in today's day and age, like for what you want to do and what's right and what's wrong or whatever it is. So I just try every single day, kind of like I talked about in the slide edge and the compound effect and just resilience is like every single day, I just do the same stuff that have brought me to this point right here. Like just unwavering, right? Just disciplines, right? You're, my business coach talks about the non-negotiables. He says non-negotiables. Yeah. What are you going to do no matter what? And so I just consistently do that every single day. And then like, I'm just, I don't know what's going to happen in five years. I'm just super excited for what's going to happen in five years. Cause I'm like, it's been about 20 months since I, whatever, jumped into this entrepreneurship boat, whatever you want to say. And like, I've, I've, I, to myself, the companies and the people that I've gotten to be surround myself with has been pretty incredible in the past 20 months. And that's been 20 months. And for the first six of them, I really didn't know what the hell I was doing. Like I really did it. So the only, like, so now I'm like, wow, this happened in 20 months. What is going to happen if I keep on doing this in the next five years and like the next 10 years? Next, like, so I'm just super excited where most people get afraid of time. They're so terrified of like, Oh, I get older or I don't want to, you know, not be 21 or my twenties or whatever it is. Like I'm the opposite. I love time. Like I'm just like, I, time is my ally, like because of the compound effect. So I'm just super stoked for whatever the future is going to hold for me. So a very long answer, short to your question. I did. I don't know what I want to do in five years. I just know. I'm super happy where I am now, and I'm just going to keep on duplicating the actions and steps that brought me to where I am right now. Well, I love it. Yeah, I mean, like you say, there's non-negotiables. We talk about that too all the time with our clients, and you know, you're gonna, it's doing what's required. The non-negotiables that uh, you have to do every single day, you, you do those over time. You talk about compound effect, and yeah, I just love it. It's like, man, if I can accomplish this in 20 months, like what is, I don't even know what's possible in five years, right? Five, 10, 15 years. <laughs> Super cool. And, but, but it's like, awesome. Yeah, Whatever it is, like the part of it. And then you just have to start, right? Like that's the yeah. thing as well. Like people listening to this right now, right? You and I are talking, I sometimes forget that this is going to go on your stuff, but like, you know, people that listen to this right now, they're like, well, I, the past 20 months have not been great for me or whatever it is. Like, I would just challenge you to look at what your non-negotiables are and what your daily disciplines are and what, you know, when you come home, are you having a crack in a beer and, and watching, you know, TV? Yeah. Or are you sitting down and adding some more personal development, reading some great books, some of the ones that we dropped in here, speaking to people like you, listen, watching some of your other pod, podcasts and YouTube channels, whatever it is. Um, so, like, if you're not happy with the past 20 months you've been, it's, you shouldn't get depressed. You should turn around and be excited and just change your daily disciplines. And then you can look at people like you and be like, you know, if I follow this every single day, then I will achieve that over the next five to 10 years as well. So like, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're not where you want to be, I 100% guarantee you it's because of how you spend your 24 hours and you just change slightly what that is. Then over time, you'll be able to compound it up and then you're going to start being excited for the future rather than dreading it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what I hear you saying is it's like, and I just talked about this with another uh, guest here earlier, it's, you def, you always have to start with you, right? And so you say, man, if, if the last 20 months haven't been great, yeah, that's what you're saying, start with you, take an inventory of what's going on, what you're doing, what your habits are, and, uh, you know, get to work on that, and then it'll, it'll start to flow from And I was super selfish when I started, like, I, like, was, like, you know, like, my parents, my family, brother and sister, I, like, cut out a lot of relationships, a lot of my past relationships, and, like, yeah. You know, 
people are afraid of the word selfish, but like, you know, like that's a cheesy, right? When you're in an airplane and like put your mask on before you help somebody yeah. else. And so like, I just knew that in order to get to where I wanted to get, I had to literally be selfish for a period of time. And that was when I did really did some introversion, right? I mean, I'm talking about like months without speaking to people, getting like getting yelled at on sales calls, cold calls, whatever it is. And really, people are so afraid to be alone. That's why people drink and like go out every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And like, it's because they're just afraid to be alone. But if you start spending time by yourself, you can really start learning about yourself. And then once you learn about yourself and develop yourself, then like right now I have the ability to be able to take care of my mom and my dad and whatever else it is. Like I'm, I'm lucky to have that, but I never would have had that unless uh, I was selfish first. So if you're also listening to this and you're afraid, like you have people that are relying on you, like it's okay to be a little selfish now so you can help them out later. Yeah. Great point. What's uh, let's, you know, what, a few last things here I want to talk about before uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I love talking about people's, we all have them turning points, critical moments in our life where, you know, had you made a different decision, you, you completely would be somewhere else in your life. And, you know, maybe you've already talked about it, but we, we, we've had multiple uh, turning points, critical moments in our life. And I know, especially for the listeners, they might be in that right now. And just kind of like what you, like your aunt, you're on Fox news, you've done your own thing, you've had success. And she's like, that's, that's awesome. But so when are you going to, you know, law school, right? They always are trying to create this different path for you. And it's not necessarily, like you say, that they mean anything bad by it. They just, uh, they don't know any different, right? Just because of wherever they're at in life. But there are a lot of people that are kind of trying to tug us to go one direction when we, when we want to go this other one. And I think championship leaders, they have the courage to take that road less traveled. And so obviously you have to get where you are. Is there a moment that pops up in your head that you could, you could tell the listeners right now that they could potentially learn from? Yeah, sure. So I always say like, like my dad getting cancer was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me in my life. Uh, you know what I mean? And like, and I've referenced this all the time. He's in remission right now. He's, yeah. he's been in remission for two years. So we're super blessed. And it's like one out of 600 people going to remission from state. Yeah, it can be hard for someone to hear that. Like, what do you mean? Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, that's, and I'm saying it because like he's in remission. So everything is perspective, right? No, but, yeah, totally. um, but the reason I say that is because number one, it brought him and I closer. Um, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I graduated, I'm living with him, taking care of him. Uh, but the other thing is like, I'm going to the hospital five days a week. And sitting next to myself and my dad, while my dad has literally a needle in his arm getting chemo, you see kids, right? Kids in the key, in the chemo unit, and you see thirty-year-old guys, uh, and you see uh, older people as well, 60, 70, 80. and all across their faces and the conversations I have with them, you just realize, like, you know, especially for me, it's like the thirty to the forty-year-old age range. I see them, and I see that, and this is literally an actual conversation I have with somebody. It's like they had sacrificed, they had spent their life chasing after someone else's dreams because they thought that eventually they could turn around and chase after something that they wanted to do. Um, and then they get diagnosed with cancer and you realize how life fragile life is. So you can see in their eyes, like almost disappointment and regret that they have because they did something else. And you also almost, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You're upset at, like if I found law and I hated law, I would, uh, I would be upset with my father. I forget the words getting into my mind right now, but I would be upset with my dad. Uh, I, I would, I would hold him. I would hold anger for him because I was like, you made me go to law school when I didn't want to. Resentment. Thank you very much. Resentment. So like, I would resent my father and you would resent somebody else. If you, and it's really like you and I talked about in the beginning. It's extreme ownership. 100% my fault. 
Yep. And so for me, that turning point was literally just like speaking to people who had followed somebody else's path and didn't do immediately what they wanted to do. They delayed it later on in life, thinking they had all the time in the world. And then, you know, they were diagnosed with this and like everyone in that unit was like stage three, stage four, which is like pretty scary stuff, especially if it's spread to a good bit of your body. And, um, and so that was really the turning point for me. I was like just sitting there every day and talking to them. Um, the two things I learned was like, do what you want now um, and, uh, and execute now and don't put it off till later because there might not be later. And the second cool thing that I learned was just like, you know, they were, I mean, you're talking about kids and, and guys fully shaped head, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the frail, like very, very weak with needles in their arms. Some of the funniest and kind and sweet yeah. and grateful people I've ever met in my whole life. And it's like, seriously, Ravi, you're bitching because you chose not to go to law school and you're spending a little bit of time like studying for something. Like, yeah. and these people over here are making jokes and they are literally don't know if they're going to live in the next six months. Like, so just gratefulness. Like, that, that was the other end of it for me as well. Like, just be super happy and grateful for where you are what you have, like, you know what I mean? Don't always be striving for something in the future and hold that gratitude out for later on. Instead, just appreciate what you have right now. Well, those are uh, two powerful, you know, lessons that you took from that, especially at a younger age. I know, like now I can definitely find those and see those easily. I'm not sure I would have in my early 20s. I just, I'm, I just, I'm not sure that I would have. Maybe I would have, maybe I would have, wouldn't have, but it's powerful that you were able to do that and see the gift in that, that you did get from that uh, so that you could be present and just yeah. like live all out now. Right. So um, what are one, one or two things? I mean, you just gave two great things actually before I asked the question, but one or two things that uh, the listeners could take today and implement, implement into their life to help them move forward. Yeah. So, and like, I always try, I'll try to give one like tactical thing and one like high level stuff. Right. Because a lot of people listen to stuff. You know, everyone hears high level stuff. No one hears tactical. So um, I'll get the high level thing out of the way real quick. But it's kind of already said it, right? So it's just like um, your daily, who, how you spend 24 hours. It's just like so much about who you're going to be, who you are now, who you are in the future. Everybody talks about it as well. Um, and so like our clients who join our program tell me they have no time of the day. We give them a journal. And I say for the next two weeks, write down every single hour, set a timer on your phone. Every hour, write down what you did that last hour. Um, and then we, sh we go on a call and we share what you had spent the last two weeks. And you realize that you're spending a lot of time, when you say you have no time, spend a lot of time doing stuff that are just, you know, what we call filibusters, right? If you, like, that's just from my typical science days, but doing stuff that's just like spending time procrastinating, right? Checking email multiple times a day, right? And then like, you know, coffee breaks, social media, scrolling through social media, whatever it is. Um, and so like, you have to realize and it's just super hard pill to swallow for somebody like, no, you really don't. I really don't have time. And I'm like, look, you know, maybe you're taking too many meetings. I just watched a video with Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. Like Warren Buffett takes, I think it was like three meetings a month, right? One of the most wealthy men in the world takes three meetings a month, right? You don't need to always be doing stuff. And you know what I mean? Like everyone talks about that all the time. You don't need to be always doing stuff. So you know, audit your time uh, is like the number one thing I would recommend for people as far as high level is concerned to start changing it towards like start listening to people. Great books out there is the one thing. I absolutely love the one thing. I had daily meetings across all my companies and now we have one meeting once a week, every single Monday. Like that's wow. it. For all, and all my employees love it. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, and another great one, like I said, is the slide edge, which now I'll talk about a lot more into daily discipline. So audit your 24 hours. And the second thing I'll just say, this will be more tactical, is uh, if you're in, I, I asked you in the beginning, right? What's your main audience or demographic? You said entrepreneur. 
other. So if you're in business, uh, lead flow is probably, because I run a lead generation agency, right? That's who all we focus on. It's the most important thing I would argue in your company, literally the most important thing. And like, there's some crazy statistics out there with business, small business owners who rely on referrals and referrals only for their company. And then they're super proud of it. And look, you should be proud of referrals. Yeah. Right. But that shouldn't be your main source of income. It should like, imagine if referrals were just like icing on the cake for you, right? You don't have to pay anything to get them, whatever it is. Like that's how it should be. So like as far as tactical stuff is concerned, if you're running a service based business, which a lot of people are, um, and that's what, what kind of what we specialize in helping people. It's like, I always say outflow equals inflow. So your daily activities, you should be every single day. Billy Jean talks about the number, amount, how much money you make is directly correlated to the amount of offers you're making on a daily basis. You sell for your sales team, whatever it is. So you should be striving to have conversations every single day uh, with your target demographic. So like we give, so one of the things we do in our program is we actually give fully trained virtual assistants in our business accelerator that will do this for our clients. But if you're listening to this right now, like as far as tactical substance or you have a service-based business podcast, whatever it is, like you should be sending out messages on Facebook every single day to your target demographic, sending messages on Instagram every single day to your target demographic. I think you and I connected on Instagram, yep. uh, sending messages on email every single day to your target demographic. You should do voicemail drops, phone calls every day, your target demographic. You can do handwritten letters. I don't really give a shit to be honest with you. But <laughs> if you're not doing outreach every single day, don't be surprised if your company is not scaling. And if this is you and you're listening to this, you're like, well, I don't have any outreach. Like, Imagine if in the next 90 days, like you just do outreach every single day, how much money, like just think about it. If you're not doing any and you're getting by, imagine if you start having more of these conversations. And then once again, it goes right back to the slide edge again, you know, 60, 90, 120 days, you might not see anything, but all of a sudden people start opening these emails, replying to you and actually say, okay, yeah, I got my check in. Yeah, I'm paid now. I want to pay you whatever it is. And you will just exponentially grow up yeah. there. Yeah. So if you're a business owner and you have some kind of service-based business where you can just speak to somebody else and and, and provide your goods or services to them, uh, you need to make sure. And for me, and maybe even for you, it's like yeah. intrinsic, you're like, yeah, obviously you need to do that. But I've worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs and business owners, and what I I thought was common sense is really not that common. And yeah. so the first thing that we do when someone joins our program is we learn if they're running ads, what kind of advertising lead generation they're doing, and we just ramp it up 10, 30, 40, 50 times. Um, and then, you know, and go from there and have people like, Oh, Ruby, what if I get too many leads and too many closings? And I'm like, that's a great problem to have, man. Like we'll solve that. If you have too much money, like we're going to figure that out for you. I promise. <laughs> right. So like, don't be afraid to start doing lead generation every single day in your company. And that plays back to the high level thing I said, which was daily discipline, right? You're not negotiables. What are you doing every single day? So like block out time, 8am to 12pm, 9am to 12pm, whatever it is. Uh, and do what we call farming or hunting uh, for people that, that are your target demographic so you can grow your business. Perfect. I love it. Thank you. Um, you know, what are a few ways that they can find out more about you and uh, how to accelerate their business? Yeah, sure. So I'm sure you're going to put in the bio here down below. Uh, my Facebook and Instagram is just my first and last name, R-A-V-I-A-B-U-V-A-L-A. If you're listening to this, shoot me a message on there. Let me know what you guys thought. If you questions, comments, concerns, I always answer any, any DMs that I have personally. So, I uh, would love to talk to you guys about that. Also, if you want to talk, learn a little more about our advertising agency, our business accelerator, you can just go to workwithrubby.com, W-O-R-K-W-I-T-H-R-A-V-I.com, one word, uh, workwithrubby.com, and you can just type in there. There's going to be an opportunity to watch a video, speak with myself or my team, and we can learn a little bit more about you. Um, and yeah, YouTube, whatever it is, I'm on the whole thing. But the big, best way to probably do it is just workwithrubby.com, and you can speak with our company from there. Beautiful. I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much for taking time.
Thanks for having me. And thanks to all the listeners out there that are listening as well. Hope you guys got some value. Have a great day. Thanks, man. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'm a leader, wait, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. I said it, then I meant it, I probably already did it. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, Bailey. Hey, babe.